0: Welcome to The Fold, the Good Shepherd podcast, where we do our best every day to keep hospitality alive. Here's your host, Good Shepherd's Chief Executive Officer, Brother Richard McPhee.
1: Welcome to The Fold. I'm very pleased to welcome Andrew Matthews, Senior Services Supervisor from St. Matthews. Sharon Smichel, Intensive Case Manager with the Alzheimer's Society of Hamilton, Halton, Brant, Norfolk, and Haldeman, and Claire Kozlinski, the Director of Seniors Hospice and Palliative Care at Good Shepherd, to uh, the fold today. And uh, today we're going to talk about the needs of seniors, older adults in our community. Uh, As many people are aware, we have an increasing number of seniors in our community and many who are needing interventions, supports, and resources in order to live the best quality of life they can in our community. Um, So I wonder if we could start uh, with you, Claire, and maybe you could tell us what is Seniors at Risk in Hamilton, the collaborative, and how would you describe what it is that you do? Hmm.
2: Well, Seniors at Risk in Hamilton Collaborative is a unique undertaking by our three agencies, um, so Good Shepherd, the Alzheimer's Society, and St. Matthew's House, to really fill a gap with the that happened with the closure of an agency here in Hamilton, uh, Catholic Family Services. And the focus really is um, for us to provide real tangible support to seniors in our community who are experiencing abuse, loneliness, neglect, um, uh, cognitive impairment or dementia, caregiver stress, and um, really other practical sort of needs like housing, uh, food insecurity. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but really it was an opportunity for our agencies um, to come together voluntarily um, and acknowledging that there's likely more power in a collaborative um, to support seniors this way than individually in our agencies.
1: Can you tell me a little bit more about that? what's What's the benefit of working as a collaborative as opposed to having a single agency responding?
2: Well, I think, you know, uh, it'll be no news to anybody that systems can be hard. For people who need them to to navigate, and so we've really created a bit of a one stop shop in that way, um, where people can come for help, knowing that they'll get it, and and service providers too, um, rather than um, you know having to navigate which agency is best suited in that way. So often, um, you know, it's more. Uh, from a service user perspective, right to decrease kind of that barrier and knowing uh, where to go.
1: Um, Andrew, I know that St. Matthews has done work with seniors for many years. How does the work of seniors at risk in Hamilton complement the work that was already happening at St. Matthews?
0: Um, wh- honestly, it, it I, I see the seniors at risk in Hamilton collaborative as as a way for us to expand. Uh, our services and expand our expertise. So St. Matthew's House, uh, we focus on eviction prevention and um, we have a food bank that does uh, delivery for isolated seniors in Hamilton. So we're very much able to take that piece, but often say we'll have clients in our eviction prevention framework who uh, might be living with dementia or, or other brain acquired brain injuries uh, or they might be facing some other challenges that might be outside of our scope of expertise. So it helps us to connect with Good Shepherd and the Alzheimer's Society, literally just to pool our resources and make sure uh, that we're supporting each other. And in the same way, I'm sure Alzheimer's Society and Good Shepherd have clients who could use eviction prevention support or could use some food from our food bank. So really, it's just a way for all of us to work together and make sure um, that our services are supporting each other.
1: So it's uh, enhanced service brought about by a collaboration between three agencies. And Sharon, I would think that Alzheimer's Society is particularly focused on support for folks living with dementia.
3: Yes, that's correct. We're very much uh, uh, helping people that have uh, dementia, whether it be Alzheimer's uh, or other kinds of dementias. and. We're there to support them. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, family caregivers, for example, uh, are having difficulty knowing how to access the service for them. Uh, Sometimes the individual may be living on their own and not having the wherewithal to know or even forgetting that they may need services. So some people, for example, who are experiencing food insecurity may not know that their cupboards are completely empty and that they have no food in there. So we are there to support them and navigate uh, how to best link them to the appropriate uh, services to um, help them move
1: forward and mitigate risk. Wonderful. Much, much needed Um, I'm wondering how will people know, be it an individual senior or family or friends who are supporting that person, how they'll know if your supports and services are right for them? And how do people reach out to you to get in touch?
2: Well, I'll start. Anybody can chime in. Um, Well, we've created a one place of referrals. So uh, certainly we take self-referrals so seniors can call us um, on our phone number directly and we can maybe provide that at the end of the podcast. Um, uh, We also have a a web link uh, to an e-referral. So we we do get majority of our referrals come from other service providers um, and so they can find us um, that way through our website um, or fax the referral in. Um, We also have been really um, working hard uh, since we've come together in May in um, reestablishing the connections, some of this building on the strong connections we have as agencies in general with other partners in the community. But we've been out to, um, you know, seniors initiatives, um, but also other uh, uh, committees or groups uh, where other service providers get together so that they're aware of kind of the pathway to our service.
1: I see. And Andrew, uh, I'm wondering because I'm aware of work that you do uh, with folks experiencing homelessness in our community and encampments and so on. I'm wondering if there's an overlap between the work that's being done with seniors at risk and some of those folks who are in the farthest shadows of our community who are older.
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent. So our street outreach team who who visits people who are sleeping rough, living in encampments uh, or otherwise in Uh, various levels of homelessness. Um, Our street outreach will work with anybody, not just limited to seniors, um, but definitely not excluding them. Uh, We are seeing a larger population of seniors uh, outside compared to even just a couple years ago. Uh, And so we are, um, our internally, our agency works uh, very like flowing from, from one uh, section to another. So if street Mm -hmm. outreach is working with someone outside, and they are a senior and they qualify for our senior services, uh, our street outreach team will bring out our seniors' workers to visit someone outside and establish those connections. Uh, so in the same way uh, that Seniors at Risk in Hamilton works in a broader uh, cooperative fashion, uh, so does our our homelessness and our senior sides.
1: So it sounds like there's lots of overlap when we talk about supports mm-hmm. and services for seniors, um, and housing precarity and homelessness seems to be a specter or a risk mm-hmm. for the folks that you're talking about. Sharon, you were talking about someone with dementia maybe not even being able to identify the source of their crisis or the, or what their needs are. Um, and I would think this is possibly puts people's housing at risk or they need a different kind of housing. Uh, for sure. I think that if you are
3: not aware of what the risk is, um, you're not able to set Uh, attainable Mm -hmm. goals to Mm -hmm. overcome those challenges. And so um, our uh, collaborative um, is very much that we do collaborate with one another. So uh, St. Matthew's house um, collaborates with us. We collaborate with good shepherd to make sure that, um, uh, you know, if there are any eviction concerns, perhaps two organizations are better than one in terms of mitigating those Mm -hmm. risks Um, and Alzheimer's Society has worked with Good Shepherd as well, collaboratively mm-hmm. with specific needs of individuals that are living with uh, housing crisis um, or food donation crisis, because food donation issues, because there's no food or there's food insecurity. Um, we sometimes uh, are uh, helping individuals that uh, income is a concern and not having the appropriate income uh, to help them pay their rent or look after their basic needs. So we're collaborating to make sure that they have either the food sources or links to services um, where there's funding available to be able to help them move Mm -hmm. forward.
1: It's interesting listening to the three of Mm -hmm. you. What's very apparent to me is that there are a large number of very complex issues that Mm -hmm. can impact the health and well-being. Of a senior in our community, and that those risks and and vulnerabilities cross all socioeconomic classes, mm-hmm. and and that this that these kinds you're serving everybody in the community potentially not a, a particular segment. Um, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about how the program's been running thus far, and and what you think you've accomplished since last spring.
2: Um, well, it's been very busy getting things up and going. Of course, with each agency recruiting staff, um, and us sort of meeting weekly as a as a collaborative team um, to get some of our processes in place and make sure that we're serving people. Um, at the inception, uh, there were clients who were being served by Catholic Family Services, so we um, really seamlessly transitioned them all over. Um, to our service. But uh, even at this point, we've received about 230 referrals wow. um, to the program. And so that's approximately about 32 referrals a month. Um, and really, we can respond in a pretty timely manner um, to many of those referrals and certainly will prioritize um, the most. Um, we've also created a central point of referral, um, and we support that. That's part of our role at Good Shepherd is supporting that. Um, and and that includes transitioning it to a web uh, referral. And again, as I said, we've been reaching out to community partners. Um, and yeah, and so it's it's been busy. I don't know the other partners on their part.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. It's been very busy on our end. Um, So we here at St. Matthews, a lot of the piece we do for seniors at risk in Hamilton is eviction prevention. Uh, And we have seen quite a few come through to our desk and quite a few we've been able to prevent. Uh, We've also been working uh, towards providing cleaning supports uh, because a lot of the evictions we're getting through seniors at risk in Hamilton. Uh, And this is sort of a continuation from the gatekeepers program that Catholic Family Services used to run. But we're starting to see a lot of people who are pending eviction based on uh, extreme clutter. Uh, and so mm-hmm. we've been able to work on that and secure some funding to provide cleanings for those people and keep them secure and with dignity in their home.
1: So I'm thinking that ideally, uh, particularly in the current housing market, if you can protect a tenancy
3: mm-hmm.
1: and put the resources in that it will allow someone to, to age in place, that that is mm-hmm. the ideal.
0: Uh, Yeah, exactly. I would say from uh, not official numbers in front of me, but I would say for a lot of our seniors who have been Mm. living at the same unit for, let's say, 10 years plus, if they were to be evicted and have to find a new market rent unit, they would likely be paying twice as much for less space. Uh, And given that uh, all grocery prices are also on the rise and... um, Social assistance have not increased alongside them. Every single year is tighter and tighter for our seniors.
1: And I would think it would be pretty challenging, Sharon, whether someone has some cognitive change or not, that late in life to make a change in their housing situation, to move out of their own community or their own circumstances. Yes.
3: Yes, I think definitely uh, those kinds of transitions uh, can be very challenging for individuals uh, that are living with cognitive impairment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that, um, you know, as uh, we just heard from Andrew as well, that when people are uh, tasked with, you know, eviction notices, what have you, sometimes it's uh, because they're not able to pay their rent, but oftentimes there's also the other issues around um, the hoarding, as he mentioned. And with hoarding, uh, oftentimes comes um, more of a risk of infestation. And that can be a real challenge for our our clients as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have uh, folks that have uh, infestation problems, and they're not able to have the wherewithal to be able to clean the space to the point where a fumigation can come in and do their work, so that just poses another risk for them having to, you know, live live amongst infestation, which is a challenge. Right.
1: And again, not a particular group of seniors, but across the community, these can be issues that seniors are faced with, struggling with, and need help to address. Um, I'm wondering if you can. Share with us some feedback that you've received thus far in the program. What are you hearing from the community that you're working in?
3: Well, we've heard, um, really, uh, good news reporting. Uh, folks have said that they are quite pleased with our services. Uh, we've received compliments. Uh, I myself, before the Christmas holidays, had a client serenade me playing his oh, guitar, nice. <laughs> playing his guitar and writing a song on the spot oh, for me. Um, just in appreciation for the work that had been done. Um, Uh, some folks are saying that they're relieved that we've been involved in their care. Other clients say that, um, you know, they write notes to us to say thanks. Um, And some people say, you know, you're the only person that calls me during the week Mm -hmm. and without you calling, I would have no access to anyone else. Um, And I, that's, you know, you know, at the same time, heartbreaking, but also very, uh, very good for us to know that we're making a difference in that respect. Uh, some people are saying that I can't speak English and without you, I'd be lost because they now have access because they're coming from a diverse community mm-hmm. and they have access to our services where we do offer some support in other languages because language can be a real barrier to support.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. That it's so gratifying to know that, uh, that uh, your impact is, is so significant in the lives of the people that you're serving. Um, I wonder if you could, someone could talk a little bit more about other services that you're offering for older adults in the community beyond what you've talked about so far.
0: Um, well, and it's not exclusive to older adults. However, we see a lot of uh, older adults come through. But currently, through the winter, we're operating a winter warming center uh, operating out of Christchurch Cathedral, which is at 252 James Street North. Uh, and that's open from 9 to 4, Monday to Saturday. Uh, it's open to anybody. It's very low barrier. Uh, we serve breakfast and lunch all day. Uh, as well, uh, we have other services come through. So Good Shepherd's uh, health van comes mm-hmm. through. Um The SPCA comes by with pet food and dog and cat food. And um, we're setting up a vet clinic. uh, And that is accessed by quite a few seniors who, um, even if they are secure in their housing and they're not necessarily facing eviction, um, maybe they're living on their own. And some of our seniors, say, can barely use a can opener. So cooking for themselves is very difficult. So they're able to come down to us get some breakfast, get a hot lunch, and um, basically just have a little bit of warm food in their bellies.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, we also, as part of this program, offer telephone support to seniors. And we've talked about seniors, older adults. We really focus on people 55 and up, um, just to be specific. But uh, we do have volunteers, um, so peer Um, Older adults who are connecting with socially isolated older adults uh, by phone and some of the do that volunteer from their own home calling people weekly um, or they come into our office and we have an opportunity for that. Um, Also, and I know you're going to talk about this at a a later point, um, we have some specific supports right now um, for uh, Chinese, Mandarin and Cantonese speaking uh, older adults in our community. So we have uh, a weekly group that runs out of the good shepherd, uh, Ray street community room here, um, and a virtual group every other week. Um, and that's coordinated by Christine Wong, our coordinator. Um, and we also offer those telephone supports, um, in those languages too. Um, we are um, expanding too. um, our teams are very diverse themselves and, uh, Really, that was very intentional to make sure that our teams really represent the community um, here in Hamilton. And um, so uh, we'll be working with um, some local uh, mosques and um, other agencies that serve diverse communities.
1: I think that's so great. I I hear this in Andrew's talk about Mm -hmm. folks who are um, uh, experiencing deep marginalization Mm -hmm. and... um, Sharon, you were referring to people with language barriers and this sort Mm of uh, recognizing that the needs, there are similarities across the spectrum of needs for seniors, but there are also some specific barriers or specific challenges that some groups in our community, and it sounds like Seniors at Risk is really focused on tailoring services to meet those diverse needs Mm -hmm. within the community.
2: I just want to say that, you know, the um, issues that affect people in our community. Um, affects seniors too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other specific needs and and really to a desire for um, older adults to age in place and to have that support. So many of our clients don't have that kind of informal support network, a um, family or friends, um, they might be very or have become isolated um, because they might have mobility issues or or health issues that are impeding them getting out As they had been before or just even with advanced age a a smaller amount of friends or family um, that can support them so those that is really a picture of many of the seniors that we're serving.
3: I also want to just Mm. add as well that uh, a lot of the seniors that we're servicing are not able to use uh, the computer maybe they don't Mm. even have a computer some of them don't even have a phone but To be able to access email or also the internet is beyond their scope, things that they can do. And so that makes it challenging with a lot of the services that are
1: provided online Mm -hmm. for them. They're not able to access those services. So there's a whole generational aspect to how services have evolved, but not necessarily accessible to older adults in the community. Mm. How do you uh, support your clients to identify risks or potential risks that they're facing in their lives? Well, definitely a risk is uh,
3: having, you know, compromised health status, for example, uh, including multiple chronic health conditions. Uh, and problems. And uh, a risk is uh, lacking access to transportation, uh, Mm -hmm. having low income, uh, having major life transitions, as we've spoken about, just eviction, homelessness, risk, isolation. And uh, for some of our clients, they also live in rural areas, which brings Mm -hmm. its own set of risks Mm -hmm. as well. So we actively engage in trying to identify the risk uh, for the senior and to help them focus on prevention if possible. Uh, but oftentimes, by the time we're involved, uh, the risk is already there and imminent. Um, so we meet the client where they're at, uh, we view their environment, we go inside the home, uh, we look and see what's happening. Um, we provide education to make them aware of the risks um, and to reduce them. And we work with informal care partners as well, uh, where consent uh is is given, mm-hmm. so we get consent from the client, and then we connect them with third parties to help them uh, resolve some of the problems that they're uh, experiencing. If not all of them, um, we use compassion and empathy in the work that we do as well in helping them to identify these risks and try to resolve them.
1: It sounds like a very strengths based approach to to uh, really be focused on the dignity of the individual and and their autonomy, uh, using informed consent and really engaging with the person you're serving to find out what it is that they prioritize and need, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 that's uh, quite heartening to hear because I think that very often older adults are um, infantilized and 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 not given mm-hmm. uh, recognition that they they can steer their own ship with some help and support sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to know what I hear is that we have three agencies who are doing specific kinds of work, that your work often overlaps and that you leverage the support, the strengths that you each have in your agencies to ensure best outcomes for the folks that you're serving. Um, and I, uh, I understand that doing this as a collaborative, as opposed to funding, going to a single agency and doing it, which is often how things happen uh, was kind of an organic process and one that the agencies embraced and, and and pursued quite actively. Can you give me some examples that demonstrate why having this collaborative, why having three agencies sort of um, uh, partnering in the work has benefited the people that you serve?
3: Well, for Alzheimer's Society specifically, we help people who have cognition problems and uh, issues around dementia and uh, we are able to um, essentially uh, link them to uh, doctors, uh, physicians, where they can have a psychogeriatric assessment. For example, um, we uh, help them to uh, set up trustees trusteeship uh, to sometimes manage their their finances. Um, and I think the issues around cognition. Uh, really uh, go across a lot of spheres in terms of Mm. uh, their life. And so we can get involved in so many different areas, uh, uh, including housing, uh, including uh, uh, not only uh, connection even with their family. Sometimes family members are estranged or there are no family members involved. And we're able to make those links. Um, but choice is an important part of that. And as much as we're able to, uh, regardless of the level of cognition, we're able to have them have a choice in, in accessing services uh, that can support them. Uh, and we are facing a, a crisis in terms of uh, not having um, funding for assisted living uh, folks, a lot of folks can't afford uh, the assisted living with memory care, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we do the best we can to make sure that they're in uh, appropriate housing, uh, and so that might mean a move to somewhere. Not always, but sometimes.
1: Claire, uh, can you think of times over the last months that this program, that this collaboration has been operating, that a client really benefited because? These three partners came together and and were working hand in hand.
2: Yeah, I think of an example of a client that we had who um, required again a sort of eviction prevention due to bed bug infestation. Um, we actually get quite a few referrals from city, some of the city housing uh, workers mm. uh, working with seniors there, and um, and really in in that example we. People were concerned about the person's cognitive decline. And so it allowed really the two staff to kind of go out and decide how and work with the client and how they might um, support them. I think uh, the power in the collaborative is that we know there are uh, many more resources uh, through St. Matthew's, Good Shepherd and Alzheimer's that people can access. And it really does uh, streamline that. So through that, we're often um, drawing on the resources of the Venture Center Um, or uh, women's services if there have been issues um, of abuse or people or homelessness and people need emergency um, housing or shelter. Uh, Three agencies with
1: a broad diversity of services all brought to bear for the benefit of um, older folks in our community. This is really quite powerful and creative and unique. I thank you for the time you spent with us today talking about the excellent work of seniors at risk, um, and I invite invite listeners to join us for an upcoming episode of the Fold, where we'll have more discussion about how Good Shepherd is responding to the needs of seniors in uh, our community, and particularly those who uh, come from different cultures.